recording straight out of Five Scotland. You're listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your hosts Stuart Sullivan and Magic Mike Christie. Yo. And that's the sound of my bairns fighting. So, welcome to episode 219 of the Films and Swearing movie podcast. We are in the midst of our IMDb season, slowly tackling 25 films from the the prestigious top 250. Today we will be covering Warrior. Yeah. Uh, what year was Warrior again? It was like 2015? 2011, I think. Right. And uh, Yojimbo from 1961. Cool. So... Um, before that, we'll warm up with a wee film quiz. Yep. Okay. I've got my questions in front of me, so do you want do you want to be asked first? Yeah, uh, you can start because you won the round last week. Alright, okay. Uh, I'm going to give you an animated one. Right. The Trouble in the Secret Life of Pets starts with the rivalry between Katie's two pet what? Dogs. That's it. Cool. Pretty fucking easy, yeah? Yeah. Well, I guess if you've seen the film. If yeah. you'd never seen it, you'd be like, well... I if you'd never heard thing, of it. I thought the first one was alright. Some funny bits in it. Yeah, it was fine. I think it was just the... The system of them bit with the poodle. Oh, yeah. The fucking motion to... Yeah. Yeah. To jump. Yeah. So you can't go to a picture without seeing... The fucking Secret Life of Pet trailers, they are heavily promoting that sequel. Yeah. I so. didn't really care for the sequel that much. I yeah, noticed I... they've obviously... Recast... Tom... Tom? No. Uh... C.K. Lewis. Aye. Louis C.K. Yeah, aye. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't you're on. Uh, aye, Patton Oswald, I think, is voicing yeah. Max now. Mm. So... Yes, Louis is still in Hollywood jail. Yeah. With the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to fire me a question? Ah, yeah. yeah I'll give you one for the action and sense she went to animated. Uh, which Welsh actor plays the, a robot barman in the 2016 movie Passengers? Oh, God. Uh, was it. I'm going to get the name wrong, but I think Michael Sheen? Yeah. Right. I've still never seen passing. That's a uh, Chris Pratt, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Um, ah, a wee bit like Shining in Space. Uh, it's on Netflix. Like I've never really, never really bit the bullet and went yeah. into it. Ah, and it's definitely like Shining in Space. The fact that they have Michael Sheen playing like a barman in this fucking ship yeah, in space. What is it like? The wake up ninety years. Before I intended to, aye. Before they've arrived at their destination, and everyone else on the ship is still asleep, and I think it even takes half an hour before they realise that there's two of them awake, or one wakes up first, and then it's a couple months later another one wakes up. Mm. I'm pretty sure Chris Pratt looks like Tom Hanks for Castaway by the time Jennifer Lawrence arrives. Alright, it's always the same with Netflix. Like you put films on your list that you want to watch. 
and then all of a sudden they'll fucking Netflix will bombard you with films that you've already seen that you fucking love. Aye. And it's like, oh, I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> Aye, I'm finding myself falling into that habit there now. Yeah, because what was it? Because I was watching Reservoir Dogs at the weekend. I ended up watching Kill Bill like the night after it. <laughs> um, last night I watched that Project X, which I've not seen in a good few years, and I totally forgot that uh, Miles Teller has a cameo in it. Oh, like playing yourself. Right. When he shows up at like, I think this was like kind of before he was on that level of being. Before Whiplash. Before Whiplash, before yeah. Fantastic Four. Yeah. So he wasn't really. After that, like, I think, obviously, when I first watched the film and it came out, obviously, I kind of thought he was just a character in the film. Yeah. But it was actually was himself. Oh, weird. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, second question. Action. Okay, I bet this here was. Uh, in which of the Bourne movies does Matt Damon not appear as Jason Bourne? In which of the Bourne movies does Matt Damon not appear as Jason Bourne? Oh, that's the fucking Jeremy Renner one. Yes. Uh, the the- Bourne... Legacy? Bourne Legacy, that's it. I was going to say I'll admit him there and I thought that's, that's the second one. Hmm. Right. Tangled is the 2010 animated adaption of which traditional fairy tale? Rapunzel. Right. I suppose you've you've got kids, you've probably seen it. Yeah. I've never seen it. Tiebreaker. Ah. Um, I've left the questions over there. Okay. Uh, no, nah, it's too easy to go to classic. See, I think what they should do is, is like, they shouldn't label them, like, what genres so it's they just, are. Aye. Yeah. It should be a case of, just put them all into one day. I think what I need, I think I need to actually bring the ones that I've got in my drawer in the kitchen. Mm. But I don't think they're actually labelled as, like, what genre they are. Aye. Okay, I'm going to fire another action movie at you. I probably shouldn't, I should have just hit you with a classical. Uh, which movie franchise sees Keanu Reeves play computer hacker Neo? Uh, that's the main trick, so. Uh-huh. Um, I would go doing classic, but you're quite, you know. I just, it depends. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do watch some classical films. I mean, there is a, like, one that's been on my list for fucking absolute ages, and I was hoping that we drew it when we done the draw was that 12 Angry Men. Yes, I absolutely watched that. I've, I want to see why it's so high up. Yeah, uh, pick comedy, something you can start with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you shouldn't start with this one, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Will Ferrell and Christina Applegate play newsreaders in which 2004 comedy? Uh, is it full title? It's called. Full title, but it doesn't aye, matter. Aye, Anchor, what is it? Anchorman, is it The Legend or yeah, the legend. of Run Burgundy? I, yeah. I keep thinking it's The Legend or The Tale of. Yeah, Legend. Okay. I'm ending this now. Oh, uh, classical. Motherfucker. You're more than welcome to take a classic as well. <laughs> In which Marilyn Monroe movie does Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon disguise themselves as women? I've never seen it but everyone knows it something like it hot that's it that's on my fucking Netflix queue as well 
I've seen that's on Netflix. Um, aye, fuck it, let's go. I know it was when I, I put a post on Netflix, not Netflix, <laughs> I put a post on Twitter through the week, getting folk to try and post gifts of what like what major films uh, they've never seen yet. And I think someone did share a Some Like It's Hot gif uh, on the post. Because it was, it was a podcast I was listening to and Edgar Wright was speaking about, like he's seen a million films, but he's still not seen like a lot of the classical ones. And then one weekend a film festival was showing... Gone with the Winds, um, Doctor Giovago, and I think Lawrence of Arabia. And he says he managed to sit through the, those three films in one day at this film festival. I pretty much the whole day with it, no? Ah, because there's some fucking like Gone with the Winds supposed to be a fucking lengthy <laughs> film. Um, who wrote, directed, and starred in Modern Times? Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Yes, we don't know about the fucking classical. <laughs> Oh, deep in injury time here, like. I know, it's like, come on, what does, one of us need to take a dive. Right, what, what have we not done? Uh, done pretty much. Alright, I've done two action, anime and a classic, so. I've given you a comedy, but. That shouldn't be a problem. Mm. Right. <laughs> Comedy. Which creature is intent on damaging the golf course in Caddy Shack? That's oh, a gopher. Eh? It is a fucking gopher. Is, is it just geared towards all the films we've done on the fucking podcast? I know. Um, right, I wouldn't animate it. Get in the middle of this fucking pile here. Still surprised they're waiting on Caddy Shack 2 to show up on Netflix because I will watch it. Aye, that's the Dan Aykroyd one. Dan Aykroyd's one, aye. He plays like the Bill Murray role in it. Um, In the 2016 movie Trolls, what creatures are trying to eat the trolls? Oh, do they have a name? They're just big, ugly trolls. Um, um, Man, I fucking watch that a lot with my kids as well. No, I can't remember what they were cried. Bergens. Bergens, okay. Aye, that makes... That rings a bell now, but I couldn't yeah. retain that information. Oh, well, Mike. You yeah. Successfully survived. Uh, Another film quiz. Alright. Okay, so for today's films, the IMDb Top 250 ranking has a warrior set at 154. Yeah. And you'll jimbo at one one seven. So I would say you do your review first. Cool. And then I will follow. Cool. Mm. I always hate when I go into my my like notepad thing. And it's like I have like a space between like the title and all and I'm mm. like <sighs> It saved nothing. Yeah. And like it's suddenly like my notes are like this length. I uh, outside of like our normal notes, I've actually not written anything about today's film other than copy and paste and IMDb casting and things about the director. So I'll have to just do my best yeah. and talk off the top of my head. But I watched the film last night, so. All right. 
Have you got a copy of your film or did you... I had a... Bought an Akira Kurosawa Samurai Collection DVD box set from CEX like three years ago. And it's like the first of me more or less blowing the steer off the box set (laughs) to take out Yojimbo. Nice. So... Um, So yeah, uh, Warrior is... um, Directed by Gavin O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars uh, Tom Hardy as Tommy Conlon or Reardon. Uh, Nick Nowy as Paddy Conlon. Joel Edgerton as Brendan Conlon. Jennifer Morrison as Tess Conlon. Frank Grillo as Frank Campana. And Kevin Dunn as Principal Zito. Hmm. And the plot of. Warrior is the two boys are a former boxing great, both enter a mixed martial arts tournament while waging war with each other. Hmm. Now, was this your first time watching it? Uh, no, it's the second time I've seen it. Right. Was it just a case of catching it when it came out originally? Um, it was on seen on Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, a few years ago. I think I kind of like it was like one of the films like I was watching it. And it was kind of like on like. On the background, like, I was watching it and then I was kind of like, do shit, and then I was watching it and then do shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, whereas yesterday I kind of sat and watched. Aye. All the way through, pretty much. Okay, I'll ask you this one. Does this deserve to be in the top 250 of IMDb? Or are you surprised it's in there? I mean, I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I mean... I mean, the film, film's good, like, but I, I'm always kind of, like, I think what happens is I think it's, like, just, like, the film goes in on the on the list based on ratings, based on yes. reviews. I mean, fucking, like, I think if every woman, if, I think if every woman in the world, like, reviewed, like, 50 shares, no doubt I would probably be in the top 250. Mm-hmm. Aye. I mean... I don't know. I think, I think what I think what we should really do is like for like the last film. I think we should look back at every film we've done and kind of decide amongst ourselves if we actually like if, if we feel they belong in the top two fifty and stuff. Aye, totally. But I mean, I mean that was a good film, like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, let's see. So uh, you enjoyed it. Now, go and remind me. Oh, because I remember there's a backstory to both the the brothers. Is one like a war vet, and the other's like a school teacher, or? Aye. So um, Tom Tom Harley's character is uh, Tommy. He's the younger one. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the Marine Corps, and he kind of you think he's just you know like like being in the Marines and that's it. Um. But then, like, as the film progresses, you find out, like, why he's there. Yeah. And, like, and why he's not in the Marines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joel Wedgerton is the uh, physics teacher. Right. Who's, like, kind of struggling to, like, make his mortgage and stuff and needs to Aye. make extra money and stuff. Yeah. Ah, I'm getting flashbacks because is he not, like, quietly doing it on the side to begin with anyway? Aye. He, um, like... he passes it off to like his like wife that he's like a bouncer at a club and stuff. Yeah. 
And then obviously the school gets windy because he like shows up one day and he's got like fucking cuts and black eyes and stuff. Aye, they're not like a pupil that. Yeah, pupil like spots him, like fighting outside the fucking parking lot at a strip club. All right, <laughs> like you teach. <laughs> but um, I so like the dynamic is like the two like two brothers are kindy. They're not like they're not separated, but like they didn't really like see each other mm-hmm. and stuff. But I think that's brought on by uh, Nick Nolte's character Paddy. Aye. Like he comes across as like you see him at the, like the film opens with him coming to like a church mm-hmm. and like a wee Baptist church, and he's um, like he's all about like like finding God and shit like that. But he, he, you get the backstory that he was like a a boxing like manager or something or an ex boxer, but he had a like like drinking problems and stuff, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> his um like his wife was like terminally ill or something, and like she ultimately ultimately died, um but um Tommy was uh, Tommy had to go away to the Marine Corps mm-hmm. and couldn't be with him, oh. and that's like with animosity between. Uh, Tommy and Brendan. Oh, right, but, okay. um, like, obviously, you see, like, no way a lot of the film, like, he's preaching fucking God, he's listening to these, like, fishermen, like, tales in his, like, headphones and stuff. Aye. And occasionally has a drink. Yeah. But he tries not to. Aye. Now, I, I remember him actually being quite good in it, or, it's like one of these roles where, oh, Christ, he's still alive. Yeah, he's, he, he looks his age in this film. Aye. Because, I mean, he looked... Kind of fairly rugged when we seen him in Tropic Thunder, and that was only a few yeah. years before it. Aye, but this one he's looking fairly a lot rougher. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think he's really acting nowadays. Is is this based on a true story? Um, no, but like the it's weird because like some of the like when I was doing the trivia notes some of the characters and some of their stories are kind of similar to like actual like MMA fighters mm-hmm. um, like UFC fighter Rich Flank, eh, Flank, Franklin he was a teacher Aye. and he was like like doing fights on the side and stuff mm-hmm. so folk are like kind of saying that as loosely Aye. based the character of Koba um, played by Kurt Angle uh, <laughs> he's loosely based on Fedor Emelianko or something his name is right. like the Rattelaff has like statistics like he's like um, like he's champion of this he's champion of that mm-hmm. and they are similar to what that Fedor Emelianko's like like statuses were aye See, speaking of Karango does he actually get a lot of screen time in it? Um, well he appears like when they like because they go to this say like Sparta Tournament and okay. it's like a, a a grand a grand prix fucking MMA tournament. So it's kind of has a feel a karate kid. So right. it's, like, it's like bracket systems. Aye, aye. Um, and like King of the Ring style. Aye. <laughs> um, so Kuba's like this undefeated like Russian fucking champion. So he, he's he's like Drago of the yeah. MMA world. Aye. And he doesn't talk, but he gets he gets a wee bit. Of a wee bit of time, nothing too over fucking oversaturated. Aye, aye. What are 
how are they? Like, the action sequences um, handled. I think the like the, the fight choreography and the way the fight scenes are actually like planned out are actually really like really good. Because mm-hmm. um, like the you get the first the films over like a, a two hour and twenty minute runtime, and you get like, the first the first hour is like kind of like the whole story with like Brendan, Tommy. You get the whole conflict and stuff, and then you get the whole oh, Avengers and Sparta. And it's like the last hour or so is like based on these two nights at this thing. Mm-hmm. But um, like the fight scenes are like well worked. Aye. Kind of yeah. interesting. Like when you watch films like this, and I said this last week with like war films, I think it's interesting to see how, how they're able to like film. Yeah. Like scenes like this. Aye, and make it look good. Because I think there was a stage where people thought like action like to shoot an action movie all you need to do is shake the camera violently as people were fighting i think yeah. that was like maybe in the jason bourne films mm. there were like there was that sort of style where the cameraman it was clearly michael j fox holding the camera yeah um oh you didn't even go for my parkinson's joke uh no <laughs> shaky cam oh, no, I, i'm gonna have to get my mate to fucking send me the thingy same the day it was a, a test and it was a Parkinson's thing. <laughs> but uh, aye, for a time, because people, I've heard people talk about what bad box movies are, and to be honest, I can never tell the difference unless, like, it's clearly bad. Where like, as if it's like bad Rocky, wrestling where there's no Rocky contact. Five. <laughs> aye, probably. Uh, but to be honest, when I watch like boxing movies or, or like when I watch Warrior. Half times I can tell the difference. I just assume that oh, that's pretty well shot. Yeah, and I mean as well, it's it's quite well choreographed because they would obviously have to do a lot of practice, and they probably have to like. I couldn't see in any of the um like tribute notes that whether mm-hmm. like whether any of the actors actually done some proper like MMA training, training or stuff like yeah. that. Ah, you would think that that comes with the role. You think, like, yeah. if you're taking it seriously, probably put three months. Because obviously, the um, like uh, Bren's character, he's kind of like the like the submission like guy. Yeah, and it always goes for the submissions. Whereas, say, uh, Tommy's just this fucking like Tank. brute force, <laughs> and because uh, obviously he gets his he gets sent into this tournament after he uh, knocks out the the boxing gym's like number one guy. Right. And he takes his place basically. Mm-hmm. But like Tom Hardy just looks fucking buff. Aye. Kinda reminds me when he was in Bronson he was proper like jacked up for yes. that. Yes, aye. Aye, where where would you say this falls like if you had like a top three, say Tom Hardy films? Or five? Would this fall in like a top five? Um probably. I mean I think well, um, like one of my issues is like, and I, I say the same when I watch like Venom and stuff. Like I, I didn't like Tom Hardy's American accent. Aye, it's really it's just something about it. Does he like, have one for this? Yeah, he's okay. got an American accent for it. Same way that film he done with James Gandolfini, The Drop. Aye, he's got an American accent in that as well. Aye, film is good, but his accent was pretty shit. Right, let's put it away. I'll pause on that then. Eh? So they eventually have to face each other, don't they? Yeah. That's um, how the, the kind of tournament goes. It, it then becomes clear. It's brother versus brother. Yeah, what happens is um, like during the like, tournament stuff, um, 
Who's that Brendan fights? I think this, I think they have like two fight. I think they have like two fights each before they meet mm-hmm. in the final. And Brendan's I think it's like two or three coming, but but Brendan has to fight Koba. Right. In the like in the semi final or whatever. Um. And the thing with Koba is he's never like like his fights have never went like more than one round. Okay. And he like somehow survives, <clears throat> and it takes Brendan in the third round. Mm-hmm. And he ends up like tapping him out with a, I think a knee bar. Right. And then they have to end up uh, fencing. And then the thing is, is, the news comes about that the two of them are brothers because uh, it shows you clips back in like Iraq and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tommy knocking at the guy in the gym. Yeah. And one of his like, like patrolmen or something like guy, like guys in his unit sees him. And talks about how um, like Tommy saved a life and stuff. But then the real story comes out that um that they were like under fire. Okay. And um, like it was like a friendly fire incident involving like helicopters and stuff. And like the entire like platoon was dead apart for two or three and Tommy disappeared and went AWOL. Right. And obviously News gets about that he's actually like real names Conlon, so they were using a like a fake name, and that's where they couldn't get like any service records on him. Yeah. Um. And they're saying that obviously, leading at that fight, that um, <clears throat> that he's going to be like arrested. Well, not arrested, but whatever it is, mm-hmm. like the day like with the Marines and stuff. Ah, because I guess he'd be treated like like a war criminal, uh, or... as, like court martialed or something. Yeah. Um, but. He says that obviously, like, because of the, the fight, he's just going to, like, donate, like, his, like, five million purse or whatever it is to, like, the families of the, like, mm-hmm. ones that were killed and stuff. Right. And it's just, like, the way, like, Tom Hardy's got, like, like weird mannerisms, like, in the film, like, in the, in the fight and stuff, like, he didn't really get, like, a real reason why he does it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just really, like, aggressive, like. All the time, like he's fucking like take pills and shit. Like, like, yeah, like a like a post traumatic stress angle. No, nah, not really. Mm. Um, I think it's like when you see him at first at the start of the film, like you see him um, like Paddy coming into the church, and you see I'm walking home or getting out the car, and like Tommy's at the sitting on the front fucking front step, like drinking a, a broom bag, mm-hmm. and he's just talking about like fucking. Like ridiculing like Paddy for like his love for God and stuff. Aye. And like talking about how he always prefers Paddy when he's a drunk and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that that scene kind of comes full circle later on. Like um, I think Tommy's sitting at like a a slot machine at the casino, and the two of them hear like a massive like fucking Barney, and mm. then it cuts to like <laughs> later on at night, and um, like Paddy's absolutely fucking steaming. <laughs> like in the hotel room like listening to like his fish stories with his headset on and Aye. he's proper like red in the face greeting mm-hmm. and he's proper like barking um, at Tom Hardy and he kind of think sees that as like a sign of I reckon if it's weakness but he just kind of like, like comforts him mm-hmm. and then he kind of disappears but what he does is like, like Tommy comes out and he like has like name music walks in knocks the guy out and like just basically walks to the cage and walks away aye 
So it's kind of a bit weird. Like, you didn't really get like a whole reason like why like Tommy does what he does. No. Whereas you get the side of the... It's kind of like... Um, I don't want to say it's kind of like a Rocky-like type story with Brendan because obviously like, he's needing money for this and that and he comes no. in... This, the, um, like the announcers say that like Brendan's like a thousand to one mm-hmm. to win the tournament. So it's kind of got like that wee like rocky underdog aye, aye. feeling. And is is it you when you're rattling off the cast? There was a a woman. Is this his wife? Aye. Yeah. And Tommy, any love interest? No. Nah. No. Nah. Okay. So. No. Nah. Brendan's kind of got the the more fleshed out family. Yeah, life. he's got um his wife and his two kids. Okay. And there's also a scene as well where um. Like earlier in the film, where Paddy goes to Brendan's house, mm-hmm. and he's like talking, and he's like, "Kind like I've, like I've never seen like a, there's one granddaughter that I've never met." Aye, and I, and he's like, "Well, can, like why is that?" Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. And I think obviously, I reckon if it's because of the way like Paddy was drinking and stuff, it kind of like drove like a wedge between him, aye, him, and Tommy and his mum and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Nobody wants a, a drunk for a granddad. Yeah. But uh-huh. um. But like the the fight between Tommy and uh, Brendan's quite quite hard hitting because like obviously it's it's weird because um, like even though it's his brother and stuff, it's like Tommy's out to like absolutely just annihilate anybody Anyone, and everybody and regardless of fucking, fucking family, proper thrown down on him. and then uh, I think at the end of the first round. The first round, he like separates say Tommy's shoulder, oh, and that, and like Tommy's then end, end up fighting like the next two rounds with like one arm, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, like basically forces like Tommy to like fucking give up and stuff. I was gonna say, does it make it far fetched that he's left fighting with one arm or it, it's still quite well? The thing is, like, if you watch like UFC or like or MMA or whatever. Surely, like, if you've got like a separate shoulder, you wouldn't know why. You would uh, either stop, pop it back in, or if it's a really severe one, that would be it. Yeah, but it's probably just in the sense that there's yeah. a lot riding on it. But like none of the doctors can you like notice anything? <laughs> Bad medical officials. Yeah. I normally with like all these films, obviously films like Rocky and that always have a fucking historic or memorable soundtrack or orchestra score to go along with like the fights. Uh, Warrior have anything similar? Um there's a wee there's a wee bit of score. There's mm-hmm. a wee bit of score playing during you get like the classic montage, like yeah, training montage but it's um, you get the training montage like side by side so you get the brother Yeah, aye. so you get a uh, Tommy's training montage with Paddy. Like how and, Rocky and aye. Drago. Yeah. And you get Brendan's with all his like fucking crew and stuff. Aye. And like the score that plays for that, some kind of fucking thing how it goes again, but it was alright. Mm-hmm. It's not like a wee bit score and the rest is like ninety percent rap music. It's not nah. aye, it's not nah. that cheesy. Okay. And I mean like going on like talking about like uh, Brendan's crew, um, Frank Grillo's uh, character uh, as a uh, coach. I quite liked his character. Mm. Was he was um Because like they like when he joined when Brendan joined his gym, they had a, a top contender as well Aye. who was going to be going into the Sparta tournament, mm-hmm. and he ends up like 
I think, I reckon if it's his knee or something, he fucks during, like, I show you it during the, like, training montage, and he ends up basically bringing Brendan as, as a replacement. Aye. And it's just, like, it's quite disciplined and that. Like, when you see him, uh, like, when he's trying to doing the fights, and he's doing the submissions locked in and stuff, like, you'll see, like, like the coach showing, like, like, keep your hips up, or, like, can... So the posture, right? It's uh, like, uh, like, can like always keep you like composure, like, like waiting for that moment, and like, can then they, aye, then like, like lose your grip or anything, aye. Because I, I reckon like trying to properly submit somebody is probably a hard thing to do. Like, aye, that's it. The person's probably ferociously trying to get out, and yeah. you need to remain calm and apply pressure. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, um, since there is quite a few names. I always forget whether it was Joel Edgerton, Edgerton or it was uh, Sam Worthington was the guy in this film. Like when you read off the cast, uh, there prior to it, I always remember it was, it was either Joel or Sam. Like, yeah. I, I, I reckon just because I think they end up looking alike. But who who steals the film? Because I guess it kind of falls between Nick Nolte, I'd, Tom I'd, Hardy I'd, and I'd, Joel. I'd probably say Nick Nolte, yeah, because I quite liked his character. Especially uh, like that scene where... He was drunk and mm. he was like chanting with his fucking wee fish, fucking whatever he's listening to on tape. Aye. Just like the like the level of like acting and like intensity because he's like bright red in the face and he's Aye. like, like you can't really tell if it's sweat or tears or not, but he's proper like shouting and fucking like Tom Hardy's face. Aye. And he's obviously. Like, I reckon if it's just because he. He feels partially blamed for like his wife's death and stuff like that. Yeah, but I quite like the uh, Nick Nolte's role in it. Aye, fair enough. And I mean, Joe Legendary was on it as well, like. Yeah. Aye. Like it's quite good because like when they were doing like the tournament, it was weird. I if it was actually at the school where it like a local like driving, mm-hmm. but like all the students for it like for the school were like at this like driving like theater thing. They had like, watching was, the like, fight, watching it on TV, and, ah. and like obviously the. Principal shows up and stuff like that because obviously at first he's against it obviously yes and, and then he's kind of obviously he all over obviously wants it to win yeah aye but um, and I mean Edgerton's and his wife kind of falls below you, know, you kind of always like forget about it a wee bit aye because at first when I was watching it but I never actually checked till the very end I thought it was. Kate Bosworth, I thought I thought that was her that was playing the wife, which kind of looked very similar. But yeah, wasn't it? Hmm. Who is it again? Uh, Jennifer. Jennifer Connelly is it? Maybe Jennifer Morrison. Jennifer Morrison. She kind of looked a wee bit similar to a Kate Bosworth. Hmm. For some reason. I does the film hold any? Rewatchability. I think it does. I think I, I think I prefer this watch to what I did the first time. I think it's because I was paying actually attention. like paying more attention, and I was. Aye. And I mean, even for it being a, sounds like a long, a two hour, yeah. twenty minute film. It's not that bad, and it's kind of like like similar to last week with Hacksaw Ridge. It's like the first hour or so. It's like they kind of train, and then the last hour is obviously them like in the competition. Aye. It's kind of like you're almost getting like two films, which kind of 
Like Disney, uh, Disney drag at that point. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, any last notes? Um. Nah, I think that's actually. I think that's it. Bro. Uh, BBT. Um. Aye. Yeah. Open that there. Um. So the film's budget was uh twenty five million. So bad. Yeah, aye. I mean, Tom Hardy was probably was 2011, so that was just before uh, Darnet Rises. And it was obviously after Inception, so I reckon his stock had risen a wee bit. Aye, definitely. Was so he would, have, he would have been up there. Mm-hmm. Um, domestic, what do you reckon? Mm, 30. Oof, that's generous. <laughs> uh, domestically it only took 13.6 oh shit uh, and worldwide it only took an, an, an additional 9.4 so, so it made so it was under budget yeah it made 24 that's a rare it's funny to see like, how it's such a high ranking film yeah yet, uh, sort of underachieved at the box office yeah but I wonder why that's no, it is. Whether whether it's come at the same time as well, what come in twenty eleven? Aye, fuck, fuck. If I could be, if I could remember that, but um, you just wonder whether if the film wasn't market enough because also Tom Hardy, you'd be definitely in the stage of becoming a rising star at that point. The fact that if he's already worked with Christopher Nolan, um, but to then do like a. A random MMA movie, and there's not really like a built-in audience for MMA. Yeah, like it's not as often as that as in comparison to like boxing movies. Yeah, because I think like I can't even remember like, seeing any advertising for it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was a film either that I kind of like, was intrigued by. Because I'm pretty sure yeah. the year before was they done the fighter with Christian Bale and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Wahlberg but, um, Aye. but I mean I never really got into like MMA till like 2009 I think right was when I first started kind of watching it yeah and like you're saying like also because also it's bigger in America I think people are always kind of sceptical with like sport films unless it's like a proper franchise like Rocky or fucking mm-hmm. I think what's another one Ah, there is no yeah any cool. giant ones that they could like Creed is like your next uh, like today's interpretation of it but no there's never another proper boxing franchise because they'd all just assume that they're remaking Rocky yeah so, I mean early like MMA style like films is kind of like like on back and all that you know yeah aye and you feel like some like what was like never was like never back down. Uh, or... yeah. Uh, I fucking love that film. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a fucking great wee film, great soundtrack and that. Was that an MMA film? Aye, but it's like kind of like your karate kid because it's in like high school and stuff. Yeah, um, aye. Try to think, is it, is it that Jimun? Can't pronounce his second. I don't think I've ever seen it. No, I'm sure I've got it in the house. I'm sure uh. it's on Netflix as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so trivia for it I've got um, Joel Edgerton and Tory's MCL right uh, in the cage oh. while training uh, which hallway fight scenes by six weeks 
Oh, I guess it's. I suppose they could they probably filmed everything else and left his stuff. Exactly. Too. Aye. Till later on. Um, Cobra's like wrestling credentials and stuff are that of the real life ones they cut angle talk about him being like an Olympic right. medalist and like wrestling yeah. at 220 pounds stuff like that yeah um, they just however they didn't put down that he won it with a broken neck a broken freaking neck uh, no. or a freaking broken neck yeah, yeah. Um, the it, role of the promoter uh, is played by the director Gavin O'Connor alright after it was written for Tap Out founder Charles Lewis mm-hmm he was killed by a drunk driver days before shooting began. Jesus Christ. So he was going to be playing the like promoter of the film with the fights. Aye, the, the Don King. Aye. Yeah. Um, Aye, I, Gavin O'Connor rang a bell because I think he was originally tapped to direct the Suicide Squad sequel prior to like James Gunn being brought on board. Yeah. And then as soon as James Gunn got brought on board, like, Ping. Fucking <laughs> Cheerio Gavin. Uh, okay, so my film was uh, Akira Kurosawa's Yojimbo from 1961. It was written and directed by uh, Akira Kurosawa. He is the director of 33 films. Now, uh, which is like more than I, that I, I thought he'd actually done. His IMDb top four. Actually, it makes sense. When I was looking at his box sets this like in this week kind of research and i noticed there is at least four dvd box sets from bfi on his work so you have the samurai collection which obviously it's like what he's most famous for um then you have the akira kurosawa classic box set so i think that might be in some of his drama films uh kurosawa's early work box set and a Kurosawa crime box set so mm. I think each of them all kind of had four to five films what was um, what was that box set you had bought for Amazon and it was like it dropped in price oh, that was I think was it, it was the, just before Christmas eh? the Zatoichi ah, yeah, box that's... set and remember I say like some like some folk actually like received it yeah and it was a gorgeous glitch. looking box set and you ultimately didn't get it <laughs> no I they, I had obviously jumped on far too late and got panned off a £5 voucher <laughs> well, I mean could be worse but I it was like a £120-£130 box set I mean they're not doing it like 20 quid or something exactly so it's one of those things I, I cannot not buy yeah. it and it was, was six weeks before they eventually cancelled because we had somebody on Twitter the other day I seen was selling that um, Hitchcock box set that you've got, I think. The one that's like a book with all the... Aye. Yeah. And it was like ridiculously cheap and I was like, hmm. <laughs> well, ever since I bought it on like the Zavi, with like a Black Friday sale that you, you yeah. sent me and I eventually bought it, I've, that was like maybe £19 or £20 and I've seen it as low as 16 now. So it's... It is fairly obtainable with the fact that you do get maybe at least, I think, 16 films or more yeah. in the box set anyway. Yeah, because so, there's a good few films of uh, uh, Hitchcock that I've still not seen that I want to see. Aye, I'm, I'm the same. I've seen maybe about half the films in that box set because I've owned previous ones and new. 
buying that, getting that one at Christmas, I got rid of two box sets and combined them with this one. So, but yeah. uh, aye. So Kurosawa's top four on IMDb consists of a uh, Ran from 1985, uh, The Hidden Fortress from 1958, and I think that was the famous one that I think inspired Star Wars. The Hidden Fortress. Alright. Uh, Kagmusha from 1980. And of course, The Seven Samurai from 1954. Which I think we all assume is like the pinnacle of his career. like The most famous film he probably ever directed. Yeah. And just because of like the legacy that's, that it spans. And like, I'm, I'm just looking at the runtime of The Seven Samurai. It is Three epic. and a half hours. Yes. I remember, I've only seen it maybe twice, and I do remember once I was rebooting a PC. You stop picking your sorbets. Alright, so where was I? Talking about IMDb Top 4. Uh, this isn't the first film that we've uh, reviewed of Kira Kurosawa's on Films and Swearing. No. Way back on uh, Films and Swearing episode 24, me and Andy reviewed uh, Rochamon from 1950. That was back in September 2014. Uh. We covered that one, and that was sort of like a story being told from three different people's perceptions of like an event that transpired. So it was like a, yeah. almost like a court case. But it was still set in like feudal Japan. So that was like one for fucking well back in the day. So, Yojimbo stars Toshiro Mifune as Senjuro Kawo. This is where it gets bad. The yeah. mispronunciation will be high. Uh, Sanjuro Kawabataake, known as the Samurai. Tatsuya Naka. Nakadai as Onosuke as the gunfighter, Yoko Tasaaka as Noi, Itzu Yamara as Oren, Daisuke Kato as Inuichi, Yoshiro's returned brother, Sezeburo Kawazua as Sebi, the brothel operator, Takashi Shimura as Tokoman, the sake brewer, Horishu uh, Tachiwawa. <laughs> Tachikawa. T- aye, Tachikawa as uh, Yoshiro. Yasuke Natsuki as Koi's son. Yajiro Tono as Gonji, the tavern keeper. And uh, Katamari, uh, Kamatari Fujiwara as uh, Tazemon. I swear that is not others n- knock off <laughs> fucking Pokemons. And all right, and one more, uh, Atuji Wanatabe as uh, Cooper, the coffin maker. Right. Have you got um, your own plot synopsis, or are you just going to copy it from I, I, I did copy it. Um, a crafty ronin comes to town, uh, divided by two criminal gangs, and decides to play them against each other to free the town. Which, uh, Disney kind of go that way. Like he doesn't kind of play them against each other to free the town. I think he kind of does it for his own amusement and to yeah. make a whole rake of gold at the same time. Yeah. Um, obviously, I 
kind of got this is not your first watch of this. No, this is my second. The first time I saw it, I recorded it on TiVo. It was on uh, Film 4. Right. One day. It was either... Four hours long. Pr- pretty much. I It definitely became a chore to watch, having to fast forward through the adverts. Uh, but I quite enjoyed it. I liked the concept of just like this wandering samurai comes into town. And they're sort of fighting for his affection because it's two gangs. It used to be like one gang. And when the right-hand man of the gang never got chose to be the new leader, the, the leader chose his son instead. The right-hand man broke off and created his own rival gang. Yeah. So he had those two gangs, but they were also uh, siding... Like, the main gang sides with the mayor... And who's like the, uh, I think the silk merchant, and the right hand man who starts his own gang joins forces with the the sake brewer because they believe he's going to be the next mayor. So it, when trying to explain it, it's kind of complex. But when watching it, it it's kind of more straightforward. Yeah. Because what else is going on? The fact that. These gangs are also doing like illegal gambling and like running brothels, but it's all kind of done in the back of these places, like the brewers and the silk merchants. Mm. So when uh, the samurai shows up and kind of gets in in the road of some of like these young gangsters who are trying to show off, he quickly kills three men and kind of just says to the the coffin maker, who's sort of like this neutral ground. He, this is where like the samurai kind of spends most of his time hanging out with the coffin maker, and there's a great moment where, out of nowhere, the two gangs kind of settle the differences and says, "Right, the war's over. We're all friends." And the coffin maker's greeting because I'm out of business. We're uh. friends. No one's gonna die anymore. <laughs> Just so fucking out of nowhere. But so, uh, Sanjuro, the samurai, kind of hang arounds with him, but when he kills three bad guys and walks over to like one. Like the rival gang and says, I, I could be your bodyguard. And it's, oh, of course, right, we could pay you gold. And there's like, we could work out the terms. Because more or less, he says he'd stay there until he wipes out the rival gang. And then they're in charge of the town. And he says, right, we'll give you, say, 15 gold now. And then another 15 gold when your mission's complete. And in the background, you see the fucking uh, samurai, like the fencing teacher, lose his shit. And it's like, you just pay me one gold. You've just given this cunt 15. And you've just called it the whole other gang because they're expecting, right, we'll get the samurai, the teacher, and then our gang, and we'll win the war easy. And as they're all the... It's like a western. Everyone's going to the town centre, all lining up. And face-to-face, Sanjiro's there, and he's looking over because he decides to sit out, sit in the middle, and watch the fight go on. And as he's going up the ladder, he sees the fucking uh, fencing teacher skip the wall since he's underpaid. He just fucks off. And he's like waving cheerios saying, fuck, he's are, he's are fucked. But Sanjiro just kind of plays both sides. He decides the fact that the the reason why he sits out from the fight is because he overhears the gang leader. It turns out his wife is like the brain's behind it all because uh. she's freaking out like, why the fuck are you paying 30 gold to this one man to do a job like your son should be doing this and they're saying well the son's an idiot we're not going like he's not going to kill the skilled swordsman so well that's why you stab him in the back when he's fighting and 
Sanjiro's listening in on it all, so when it comes time for the fight, he's like, yous are plotting to kill me, fuck yous, I'm gonna go sit this fight out, and it's this thing where they're all ready to fight, and now they're all too scared, so one gang, like the Silk Merchant gang, kind of run forward, and then all the brewers run back, then the brewers get brave, so they all run forward, and then all the Silk Merchants run back, they're all too scared to fight each other, and then it turns out like government officials are coming to town, and it scares the crap out of everyone for some reason. So they all have to behave and hide all their legal gambling and just look like the normal shops, normal townspeople, uh, just until the government officials leave. Yeah. So there's qu- actually quite a lot of story to it. But mm. the main thing is, it's just Sanjuro working both sides for his own wealth. Uh, obviously... I do. I've I've seen a small handful of like Akira Kurosawa films, and it is I I would love to kind of see them all given the opportunity. So, but it's it's like anything. You buy the box set and then you just fucking forget about it. It's, yeah. it's really like a I bad, mean, I've been bad habit. Kind of, I've been kind of looking through his like catalog, and I mean the film doesn't have the guy didn't have like a fucking epic. Eh? Yes, like, I. Three hours for like fucking some of them were two and a half. Mm-hmm. And this is one of his shorter ones. This was like an hour 45, an hour 50. And it it could, it was slow at some points. It's like most films, when you get to the middle, you kind of feel your eyelids getting heavy. But uh, when the kind of story picks up again, I was fine. Yeah. But it is, I do quite enjoy the concept of him just winding up both sides. And there's a great moment where a farmer's wife is sort of, not kidnapped, but a farmer loses, like, he accrues quite a lot of gambling debt, and he didn't have the money to pay for it, so they just take his attractive wife instead, and say, right, she belongs to us now, she's now property of this gang, and of course he's distraught, so the Sanjuro kind of takes upon himself to rescue the wife, like uh. she gets taken away out of the village and she's guarded by say five or six like uh, gang members and Sanjuro switch sides he goes across to the enemy gang that kidnapped the woman and says right I'm here your brother because there's an idiot brother like the character that's described as the rotund brother he's the grinning idiot with like the big unibrow bald head who like fucking follows any order you give him so Sanjuro goes over and befriends him and says, right, I'm here to look after the wife that's been kidnapped. Let's go. We've got to go see how the soldiers are getting on. You need to lead me to her. And he's like, oh, yeah, of course. Leads them there. And when they get to the the den, he quickly tells them, saying, oh, tell all the samurais, like, all the gang members have been killed. You better run back and tell your brother. So he fucking, like, quickly nods, runs away. And Sanjuro walks in. And the fucking gang members are like, what the fuck are you doing here? And it just cuts to this great action sequence where he just fucking pulls out his sword and quickly tears through these six guys. Now, obviously, it's it's 60s, uh, black and white, so it, there's no bloodshed. He just kind of runs over it. And every person that's fucking struck once, they just do like the big overreacted, throw themselves down and die. Yeah. And it's just brilliantly done. He just easily kills six of them within like 10 seconds, no mess. And then he's like, he needs to make it messy, he needs to make it look like the team's been ambushed. So he goes around and absolutely destroys 
this small house, like the like the 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 den that they were keeping her in. So he just goes in and purposely destroys the place, comes back out, and all the gang come back and look. It's like, man, they they had to be ambushed by 10, 15 men at least. Look at all the damage. And it was clearly just, well, it was just one man on his own. And it just kind of shows, like, the legend of the character. But the film does have some dark comedic moments. Like, when he first arrives at the town, for some reason there's a dog passes him, holding onto a severed hand in its mouth. Uh. (laughs) I was like, all right, pal, (laughs) where did you find that? Because when he does demonstrate his skill and kills the th- three people to kind of impress the gangs, that is the one shot you see somebody getting their arm chopped off and it's just like a severed arm holding a sword, uh, hits the deck, but it shows you like the wound and you see the it's like the flesh and the bone. So it, that's probably the most grisliest bit you see of the film. Yeah. It's in black and white as well. Yes. I know it's a lot of these like, early films are black and white. I know it's like, like rans in colour. Yes. Kagmusha is probably the yeah. same, but all his big epics or sci-fi, uh, sci-fi samurai films are all, as far as I'm aware, black and white. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. Outside of, like, I think Kagmusha, Ran, um, Seven Samurai, and Yojimbo, I think that's all that I've seen. Mm. Whereas his other ones, I know, I think a sort of sequel is a film just called Sanjuro. Which obviously is the same character, yeah. But he has a different name, and the reason behind that is suppose the character just makes his name up as he goes along. Right. Like the whole kata baka is actually the, like a Japanese translation for strawberry fields. <laughs> so in the film, when somebody asked him what his name was, he was staring out at the strawberry fields <sighs> when he asked him. So and Sanjuro is the number thirty. So right. he would just tell them his age and what the flowers he was looking at at the time. Mm. So he does something similar. He goes Sanjuro, and then he just says another flower name in the film Sanjuro. Yeah, but it does. The story does get good at one point where, more or less, he eventually his luck runs out, and both sides realize that they're being played, mm. and he gets his fucking arse tanned. There is like the Japanese equivalent of the Great Kali in this film, uh. where it just looks like a fucking seven foot bony faced. Japanese guy and when they find out that Sanjuro's been swindling him they just fucking deck him and they just keep him for days every time he gets up tries to get up they take all the weapons off him and this big great Kali looking motherfucker just grabs him by the face picks him up batters him to the grounds to the point where he's just like a bloody pulp and mm. he goes back to the coffin maker when he eventually manages to fool him he does a thing where he kind of hides into like a crate it looks like a like a bed that he's resting on, but if you lift it up, you're able to store yourself inside it. So he kind of forced himself in, and the guards were dumb enough to come in and say, he's escaped, and they run away, leaving the doors open. So he manages to fucking crawl out, go back to the coffin maker, and fucking tell him, you better fucking start preparing a coffin. And the coffin maker's like, no, you're not going to die, we'll make you better. And he said, no, not for me, for all these cunts, for when I get better. (laughs) So... But it does. Uh, I would like suggest, like, also highly recommend it to people. But it's one of those things where it's a black right. and white samurai film. You're either going to watch it or you're not. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I've never seen any of his films. I've. To be I honest, think it's, I think it's obviously like a, it's almost like it's no fear, but you can do like, can like, what if you watch it and you didn't like it, and you can yeah. feel that. It's trying to keep yourself 
like entertained by it and stuff. Ah, you, that's it. You probably feel like you want to go in to, to like it, and you know the films. I think like the film, the the film that if you had one Akira Kurosawa film to watch is probably the fact that everyone should watch Seven Samurai because of what came from it. Like, everyone will probably want to see. Well, if that spawned all these fucking westerns and all these films, yeah. ever I'm since then, sure that was like heavily influenced by like Kill Bill and yeah stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's I think it's the same with some of the music. This has quite an original soundtrack to it. It's it's just sort of like a tune you could whistle, and so I'm sure it probably got sampled in Kill Bill at some point. Mm. And even some of the names, uh, like one of the 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 evil wife, like that was the mastermind behind one of the gangs, was called Orin, and I'm pretty sure that was the name of Lucy Liu's character. And she was like Orin Ishii. Yeah, Orin Ishii. Yeah. Uh, and she was like the head of like a organisation uh, like a, a gang so and the fact that his wife was with the same name and she was really the brains behind the gang I feel that I would not be surprised if that was Tarantino referencing yeah some famous uh, samurai film is. so but I mean if you had to ask who stole it it really is a what's it Toshiro Mifune's film yeah like he's yeah, but he's also a titular character. Exactly, and he's cool as fuck. He's so laid back, and the fact that the way he manages to trick all the people, and he does it's like a proper Robin Hood moment where he goes to save the wife of the, of the farmer. Uh, like when he frees her, he takes the gold that he managed to swindle out one of the gangs, and it's like thirty pieces of gold, and he just gives it to the family. He doesn't even think of himself. It's mm. quite a selfless act. And he gives all the gold to them and tells them just to leave town and start a new life. And the fucking the farmer and his wife and child are so beside themselves, they're on their fucking hands and knees, yeah, just like thanking him. And he's like, like it's pathetic. Like, he really hates being praised, and he just, I think he's spitting on them and saying that like, he's a pathetic. Just go, Denny. The fucking gang's gonna be here. The dude, get away. Stop groveling. Just take the gold and get away. And it's just a real selfless act, which kind of shows another side of the character. But it does it. I, to be honest, I'm I'm trying to remember how the fucking film ended, but it more or less he does. I his sort of big rival character in the film, like also he shows up and he's kind of fighting for everyone's attention. Both gangs mm-hmm. want to have him, and then the other gang kind of get like the the new flavor of the month, and it's this character who's like a gunslinger who looks like a samurai, but he's got like a pistol tucked into his robe. So uh, if anyone gets in the trouble, just go, pow, pow, fucking shoots these two guys because there's someone assassinated early on and they're really wanting to kill the assassins that do it so it's the assassins from a rival gang and they do like a, a hostage exchange so they're walking to the town center and to swap them over and the gunslinger just fucking shoots both of them in the face just because yeah. i'm cool as fuck i've got a gun what are you gonna do i've got a gun and so they've thought right this is how we beat fucking sanjuro because he's got a gun that's quicker than a sword so it comes into like a final confrontation between them, yeah, which is pretty good. Um, the film actually was nominated for an Oscar. I had uh, a look at that. It was, um, was it costume design. Eh? Yeah, best costume design, black and white. Now, back in the time though, because it was what early sixties, early sixty yeah, one yeah. or something, it was. Was there a category in Oscars at that point for... Foreign language? Aye. I don't think... Well, 
I didn't look on the page, but yeah, I feel you would kind of like think that like films like that would be like nominated. Yes, I exactly. Like, I'm trying to think if I think Akira Kurosawa maybe got like a lifetime achievement Oscar, but I don't think he was ever properly no. like, regularly nominated. Even though he turns it like when you're talking about um, prolific filmmakers of I'm trying to think of Japanese cinema that's probably like one of the first names that come like comes to the like comes to the mind of like cinema buffs I was going to say like a household name but n- no one's going to know that like in households but proper cinema buffs I've always heard the name Akira Kurosawa mentioned somewhere whether if it is in relation to like the old western remakes or the fact that it is his old samurai films but I think I feel anyone that's got a decent head on their shoulders when it comes to fucking cinema is aware of Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at his like biography there now, and obviously Jumbo was 1961, Sanjuro was 1962, that's the sequel you were saying, isn't it? Yeah, aye. Um, we've seen that he attempted suicide. Yeah. And survived. Christ, I I've never read into his his history. I know there is actually supposed to be a really good documentary about the lead actor that uh, I've no. I need to scroll up because I keep feeling like I'm going to mispronounce his first name. Uh, is it Toshiro? Aye, Toshiro Mifune. There is a documentary that I've been fucking dying to watch for ages, which is about his life because more or less he led like a fucking rock star life. Like obviously big actor in films yeah. and then he was always getting in fucking car crashes drink driving off set yeah. and the documentary on his life is fucking narrated by Keanu Reeves because Keanu Reeves is a fucking huge fan of Japanese cinema yeah. like I've seen a doc a, a YouTube clip of him and fucking Sonny Chiba having a wee conversation and I think he was maybe just promoting John Wick but he was so fucking happy that he got to meet Sonny Chiba yeah so I think he knows his stuff when it comes to um, Japanese cinema. Seven Samurai was remade as the Magnificent Seven. Yep. Jimbo was remade as a Fistful of Dollars. Yes. And as you were saying, uh, The Hidden Fortress was Star Wars Episode Four. Aye. So I think for like those facts alone, the films all kind of deserve to be watched at some point. And the box that I have, I think, has Hidden Fortress has seven samurai so I feel I really need to get my finger out this year and ah, it says he got honorary award in the nineteen ninety Oscars so I'm assuming that's the lifetime achievement one. Yes. He got nominated for Best Director for Ran. Ah. Well that that's probably why it is number one in his top four. Yeah, he got a uh, Best Director BAFTA for a uh, Kagamusha. Yeah. He got best uh, BAFTA for uh, Best Foreign Language Film for Ran. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, when you're talking about the film connections, because I've kind of mentioned it, obviously, I've not really got much else to say about this film. Uh, I'd Obviously, I would suggest people check it out. I did really enjoy the film. And it. I feel just for myself, it's one of those things that I feel I need to watch. Oh, the same with like Kubrick and Alfred Hitchcock. I feel 
like I'm Make fucking. You should kind of complete the collection. Exactly. It's almost like somebody said it in a podcast today that really made sense. Where it, like films is like my religion. Like that's what I kind of worship. Doing things like this, like this is like us going to fucking church and uh, preaching for like an hour about films. Yeah. And I treat maybe films like Akira, like Kurosawa, Kubrick, Hitchcock as like sort of like the pilgrimage you should do in for your religion to kind of. Yeah. Not achieve enlightenment, but I'm making myself probably sound like a real knob just now for folk <laughs> listening. It's like, what is this cunt on? Religion? Pilgrimage? Like, just <sighs> fucking review Rush Hour 2 already, you prick. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I asked the same at work, eh? like, um, like, one of the boys at work, like, takes the piss at me, he's like, I cause you sell a film review on that, but he's never seen Skyfall or that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it is, it's fucking impossible to see them all man I know and it's like we were saying that when I was in the car today going to work um, fourth one fucking spoiled Skyfall aye they do that like 2k minute thing in the morning where it's like 10 questions yeah and one of the questions was um, who plays M Inspector and the last on the phone went Jim, Dame Judy Dench aye and they were like no, like she died in Skyfall. I was like, you fucking cunts! I'm not seen that film yet, but now I know. Aye, yeah. That's it. I remember people at my work fucking flipped their lid when they found out I'd never seen The Great Escape. And it's like, I've just never, like, I've always seen parts of it. I know yeah. it's iconic, but I've just never fucking seen it yet. Going back to what you were saying about that thing you tweeted the other day yes. about the film, fucking Stu McPherson. The Godfather. I ah, know, Denny, the... don't be too harsh on him. How the fuck have you not seen the... I mean... We've, we've what got... Was, what, was, I was, what was the film I was going to put down? 2001. Aye. See, that's... A, like, Stu McPherson's seen a whole rake of, like, Clint Eastwood films that I've never seen. So ah, I've, I've never seen every Dirty Harry film. See, aye, I've the, never the, seen the, every, every... We dirty. all kind of have these ones where... As soon as you see the title, it's like, what do you mean you've no seen it? I know. Which is like the fucking... And it's almost like a gut reaction where you didn't even say it, but I remember Andy saying he'd never seen Temple of Doom. I was like, Temple of Doom? I was like, what do you mean you've no seen Temple of Doom? That's <laughs> <laughs> like, like Michelle. Like, like Michelle didn't really... Like, she'd never seen the Goonies till she fucking started. I think. Uh, I mean, she's never seen... Start, I mean, she's no really... Like, she said herself she's no really a film person. Aye, and that's it. And that, but like, what's annoying is like, we'll go to bed and... I'll put in a film that I want to watch. And she'll fucking throw a wobble because it's not a film that she wants to watch. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, fuck off, you're going to be sleeping in 10 minutes. Exactly. Just let me watch Reservoir Dogs for the 20th time. Eh? Aye, exactly. Man, I know how, like, I've been collecting fucking some steelbooks lately and the fact that I've now managed to obtain Day of the Dead. My fucking Instagram blew up. Like, it was about 50 likes. I think, and who the fuck liked it, but... I feel like just a whole rake of people on the back of whoever. Aye. But, man, I'm always like a five-like person. Mm. And when I went on, it was the fucking little like thing popped up and I was like, holy shit, it blew up. It was fucking Aye. so many horror blogs and... Well, I think mine as well. I think the most, the post that I've put up that's what the most was, I think, uh, John Carpenter uh, collection had like Aye. like close to like 100 likes in it and I was like, yeah. fucking hell. Jesus. But, um... Like you're saying about like your Day of the Dead steelbook, and I, I'm kind of considering getting the Criterion Collection edition of Night. Yeah. 
just because I've got dawn, I've got day. Yeah. And uh, I, I reckon I, I reckon if I watched night, I'd probably like it. That's I've never I've seen got, it. I've got the remake mm-hmm. recorded on TV. I've still not seen the remake. It was uh, Tom Savini directed it. All right. Aye. Um, but like I was saying, like, I, I I wasn't a fan of the. I think because when I was a kid, it was like kind of like black and white, and exactly, and I was like, it looked weird as people in makeup. It's not yeah. as effective as the and like obviously films. like 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 that ending the ending shot as well. Like I didn't get it as a kid, mm. but now as an adult, obviously it's like can it's like one of the biggest fucking like talking points at the end of a film. Ah. But um, like as low as the fucking like because I'm obviously on like a. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a hold for like what I'm buying this year. Exactly. Ah, you're saving for a wedding. You can't pre-order every. Like, I mean, like I got I got the green light last week to go and buy fucking like Black Landsman. Right. And that's I was like, aye, I'll <laughs> take that. And like the only ones I'm looking at getting this year is that uh, second sight edition of Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Uh, Arrow Robocop. Yes. And I think that might be it. Aye. Unless someone really fruity comes along at the end of the year and they'll be like... Ah, exactly. Like, we've all got, like, a reserve, and then all of a sudden they say, in the mouth of madness, Arrow. It's like, yep. Aye, yep, yep. I fucking definitely would be all over that. That's a big like, goal. as well, like, I'm, I'd even consider, like, fucking picking up that uh, Arrow edition, the Candyman, if it was cheap enough. Yeah. Aye. But that is what I was saying when I was meaning talking about the Day of the Dead uh, steelbook. I noticed... Someone shared an image on Instagram, and I seen the Kill Bill steel books. Uh, the f- the first one's the sword with yes, the list. Yes, the I um yes, or the second one's similar, but it's black and it's the sword with the list through it. But I seen the first one. I think was like a yellow one with a sword and in Japanese writing. Uh, and there maybe you could get them together for thirty pounds second hand. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. This is my, my, my fucking next. Because I don't own the Kill Bill films. Somebody put up a phone on Twitter today, they got the Django Unchained steelbook somewhere for six quid. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> want slightly. I know. And that's it. I feel like, oh, this is my next. Like, the only one I'm still trying to get is that fucking, like, letterbox edition, the Day of the Dead. Aye. And nobody's got back to me regarding that fucking photo I put up the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, not even like CX. Aye. So, I. Aye. I kind of forgot about you, Jimbo, for a minute there. Yeah. Um, there, there isn't. I had a look to see if they had actually any steelbooks. It was just Seven Samurai, but it's a proper old steelbook in the sense that it was just the DVD steelbook. Aye. Before there was fucking Blu rays, but it was just kind of like a silhouette cover. It wasn't anything amazing. It was like a tenor if you wanted it, but. There is no budget in box office figures for this, which isn't a surprise. It's a Japanese film from the 60s. Ah, it'd be hard to so, get the records for it. Yeah. So, trivia. I did take a note of their film connections, just to kind of let you know where how this has kind of spanned off. As you said yourself, Fistful of Dollars was the, the remake, um, which obviously famously directed by Sergio Leone and starred Clint Eastwood in his first appearance as... The Man With No Name. Uh, in the 1992 film The Bodyguard, Kevin Costner takes Whitney Houston's character to see you, Jimbo, whilst on a date. And he remarks that he's seen the film 62 times. Uh, and 
here's a fucking interesting one, which I'd have to kind of watch them back to back to see if it's if it really is a remake. But Last Man Standing, the nineteen ninety six, the Bruce Willis Western. Yes, I a, a prohibit. What's it? The is this the one where it's like there's no drink? A pre prohibition, prohibition, prohibition. Aye, a prohibition. That's I think what I was saying. Pre when it's pro. A prohibition era gangster thriller directed by Walter Hill, starring Bruce Willis. It is an official remake of Yojimbo. Ah. Right in the opening credits, they both credit uh, both uh, Kik- Kiko Shuma and Karu. Uh, fucking. My mouth stopped working. Uh, Kurosawa specifically are listed in the film's credits, having provided the film's original story. Alright. So, now I'm thinking fucking Bruce Willis go, like working two fucking gangs and like, I need to fucking watch this again. I've not seen that film in fucking years. Last I remember one. Christopher Walken was in it as well. Uh, is it? it not like one of the Wayne brothers as well in that one? Or... I'm thinking another Bruce Willis film. That's uh, the Last Boy Scout. Last Boy Scout. Damon Wayans. Aye. Fucking great film. Yeah. So, so Last Man's You're talking about Fistful of Dollars. I'm, I'm looking at Fistful of Dollars on IMDb and the plot synopsis for this one Aye. is a wandering gunfighter plays two rival families against each other in town torn apart by greed, pride and revenge. See? And it is. It's, and the fucking those westerns themselves are fucking... Like big fucking deals, I think they're all in like IMDb's top two fifty as well. Um, this one is not. Is it not? Fistful dollars is not. That's funny when you're thinking. I also had Andy do a few dollars more, which is I'd imagine a sequel. Yeah. And that's in there. Nah, that's no. That's nah. on this list. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Aye, for a few dollars more. Um, well, so next time we do like individual reviews, that'll be Andy's chance to do that one again. But um, I guess it's only it's about time we say what's next for the, the films and swearing movie podcast. It will be a group review of the Deer Hunter. Hmm. Let's talk about films with a long runtime. Yeah, the I've Deer Hunter. I've ever seen it once. I'm the same. I. Um, I could tell you now, I saw it once on HD DVD. Uh-huh. I had bought that back in the day when I had my Xbox 360 with my wee HD DVD drive. I had it on DVD. There's a really nice 4K edition that just got released last year. Mm-hmm. And it's got like the soundtrack and all that. I'm trying to think the, the front cover's like black and white and it's like... like Painted and it's obviously yeah. the roulette table. Aye. And that way, Christopher Wong and um, Bob De Niro. Aye. Oh, that's a, it, it a, a fucking epic film. I just remember, well, I remember it just being intense at times, but I wonder yeah, how. Yeah, I, I think, I think the pacing's got a wee bit of an issue with it because it's very, very dry. Yep, I'm definitely in a strong coffee. When it comes to watching that, because I always end up watching films last thing at night. So yeah, three hours and three minutes. Yeah, see, there's no that. I always think it's like six hours and fifty-seven minutes. Fucking once, a, you've still not seen Once Upon a Time in America, have you? 
No, I have. Aye, that's not Bob the western. That's Bob De Niro and James Woods. Aye. Yeah, aye. I rented that and it was like across four two hours discs. Long. Yeah. Four hours long. Aye, I think it took me a couple of sittings. Two or three nights to watch it, I think. Mm-hmm. Never went back to it, like. Yeah. So, that is what's coming up next week. The Deer Hunter, as we continue our pilgrimage through IMDb's Top 250. Other than that, follow us on social media at FAS Podcast. That works for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, fuck off and tune in next week. Fairly. A lot rougher. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think he's really acting nowadays. <laughs> what? Your nails. I, I'm not going to cut your nails just now. No. We're going to cut your nails tomorrow. You can remind me tomorrow and I will cut your nails. Camera? Shut the living room door, please. Properly. Fucking any excuse. <laughs> Two nails too long. That's a new one. <laughs> Fucking edit note. Two uh... nails.